Welcome to the Resolutions Podcast, where we like to turn difficult topics into helpful conversations. I'm your host, Chris Campbell, along with our co-host, Michael Gum. Hello, friends. So, Michael, today we've got another Resolutions Rundown for our listeners. Yeah, and uh, for any of our new listeners that may not know, uh, Resolutions Rundown is more of an abbreviated episode where we like to pick a topic pertaining to mental health and provide some practical tools and tips for personal growth. Now, Chris, you usually take the lead on these, which makes sense because you're a mental health professional. I mean, you can speak to these topics from a place of experience and expertise. But today's topic actually gets into my areas of expertise. Yeah, that's that's right. And I'm super excited. Um, you know, Michael, when you and I were discussing potential topics for this season, I, I had the idea of what if we do an episode about worship music and how it benefits our mental health? And naturally, since you work full time in worship ministry, you're a musician, you're a music lover, I thought it may make the most sense for you to take the lead on this particular episode. Yeah, man. Happy to do it. Um, I'll tell you what, to get the ball rolling, I, I've got a few uh, music themed conversation questions that I thought you and I could respond to as a, as a way for us, uh, for, for our listeners to get to know us a bit more. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll even learn a thing or two about each other. Okay, okay. Yeah, let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. All right. Uh, the first one I had here, uh, what is the first album that you owned? First album. Okay, so I didn't have, it wasn't an album, but I had a 45. A which, single. Yeah, single, front and back, A and B. It was a 45. This was the first one I remember. It was the band Three Dog Night. Okay. The song was Joy to the World. And that was the phrase that caught me as a kid. <laughs> of course. And, uh, and I used to rock out to that with my, uh, with my uh, play guitar, my toy guitar. And so uh, music was always a part of my, my home growing up, whether it was radio or singing together as a family or the hi-fi, the high fidelity mm. stereo system. And my dad picked me up that, that 45. What about you? Yeah, well, <laughs> this is funny, actually. Uh, you know, I don't remember exactly which one album was, was the first that I owned, but uh, two that I know were very early were Weird Al Yankovic, Bad Hair Day, <laughs> and the soundtrack, soundtrack from Donkey Kong Country for the Super Nintendo. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm not kidding at all. Um, you know, honestly, I mean, the, the Weird Al thing I could take or leave, but uh, man, Donkey Kong Country, like, uh, there were some video games that had some solid music. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know me, and you know I love video game music, but like, I would I would plop that CD in the in the player today. Yeah, and you've, you've written a few, right? I have, yeah. yeah. Plenty, but uh, yeah, so that's mine. Um, next question I had here uh, What is your ultimate feel good music? Okay, so instead of going with a genre, Michael, I, I, I need to dial this in a little uh, because I'm a, I'm a fan of good songwriting. And mm -hmm. um, my, my personal uh, story is, uh, is in the early 90s, I experienced just a, a personal spiritual renewal in my faith at about the time uh, what would be known as CCM or contemporary Christian music was really taking off. And there was this guy, Rich Mullins, mm -hmm. who just blew me away with his lyrics and Americana sound. Um, you know, my wife and I owe a lot of our personal practice of Christian faith actually to Rich's music. And, you know, his music influenced a lot of our thinking the first few years of our marriage before his tragic death. So a liturgy, a legacy, and a ragamuffin band, and the Jesus record, in my opinion, two of my absolute feel-good favorites. Mm. How about you? Yeah. I think I'm going to probably take it in the most opposite direction that I can. <laughs> um, and, and it's just like, 
dance music edm oh like, yeah that's what yeah. i mean if i just need a, some feel-good music i just pop some of that on um like there's an artist named maddie on that i really like um but it's just opposite in multiple senses yeah. one one being that it's you know dance music so it's electronic more than acoustic um you know the other being that it's it has a lot more to do with the music than the lyrics for me um but you know <laughs> edm for me uh next question uh, do you have a favorite soundtrack or movie score? Okay, so uh, you are talking about a person who was uh, in high school and college in the eighties. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, that was the golden era of of movie soundtracks. Any any John Hughes movie? Okay, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, for yeah. example, I think if I have to choose, um, you know, a particular score for me, uh, there was this movie called The Breakfast Club. Oh yeah, and. Um, Simple Minds did a track on there called Don't You Forget About Me. And I mean, that, who that can't listen that to that song and just picture yes. the guy at the end of the movie <laughs> yes. raising his fist yes. in the air? Like, yes. it's yes. iconic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? How about you? How yeah. About you? And I think that, I mean, that iconic nature, I mean, that has like what's going to go up there in history is that moment um, in, in, in the breakfast club and right alongside it is going to be this past season of stranger things and the use oh, of that Kate Bush song. Okay. Man, Cause okay. I, I think, I mean, playing along with some of that eighties context, I mean, stranger things has just an, an incredible soundtrack. And I think that it's just, it's taken iconic status yeah. this past yeah. year. In my question, I'd mentioned movie scores as well. And I mean, I've just got to give it up to John Williams, just everything that that guy touched. Uh, I mean, whether it's just like the intensity and like suspense of Jaws or I mean, Star uh, yeah. Wars, okay. like I know okay. you're a Star Wars fan and, you know, yeah. just it's got to be one of the best movie scores yeah. of all time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just all the emotion is there. Yeah. And it's incredible. Yeah. It brings it together, right? The music yeah. brings the, the whole storyline together. For sure. Yeah. So, but yeah, John Williams, goat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So that was fun. Um, and I wanted to open up with those questions as a demonstration of something that I think we all know pretty well. And that's the fact that music is just embedded in our psyche. You know, we form strong opinions and emotional bonds to certain music, and it's highly connected to our memories mm, yeah. and experiences. Uh, music has the power to transform or even manipulate our moods. Yes. I mean, just think about movies. You know, we were talking about it a moment ago. Use it just the right moment. A song or a musical composition can elicit feelings of joy or tension yeah. or sadness, yeah. triumph, yeah. fear, and everything in between. Yeah, no doubt. And most of it probably accompanied by John Williams score. Yeah. Done right. Um, but when harnessed for good, I would go so far to say that music can have a positive impact on our entire being. And I think that this leads naturally into the phenomenon of worship music. Yeah. Uh, while it's done in a variety of styles across many different cultures, I think that we can agree that worship music, in essence, is music with lyrics to or about God, often intended for corporate participation during a church service or other worship gathering. Now, Chris, you and I both grew up in Christian families, uh, attending weekly church services and singing congregational songs of worship alongside our respective families. Uh, most of the time, I think for both of us, that meant singing the classic hymns of the church. Yeah, uh, yeah. Did, did you have a favorite hymn growing up? Well, you know, it's interesting uh, because my roots are, are a little more rural, I think, than, than yours, Michael. Mm -hmm. And so when you talk about classic hymns, uh, really, my the churches that that I attended, my family attended, we we sang a lot of what I I think would be classified as Appalachian hymns. Okay, uh, you know that that music was birthed out of struggle and and hardship. 
you know, I, I think it's what the I think it's what the songs represent more than the actual song. But uh, one one church, uh, well, particular the the church that my wife and I, when we were children, attended. Uh, there was a song, it, it was called, uh, it was a hymn, it was When We All Get to Heaven. Mm-hmm. And uh, that song would erupt at the, uh, at the maybe the end of a, of a service where there was a response, like a real response to, uh, to the sermon or to just a time of prayer uh, where, where people would be giving their, their hearts, uh, you know, to, to, to Jesus. They would be confessing. There would be just some sort of, of faith response. And, um, that old time praise song would just break out by heart. There was no turning in a book to it or whatever. And so when I hear that song occasionally now, it takes me back to these very formational moments Mm -hmm. in my childhood where I didn't really understand what was going on, but there was something, something of substance are going on. What, what about Mm. hymns with you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the more uh, just enduring hymns are the ones that stuck with me. I mean, like how great thou art, like, you know, it's Mm. just probably one of the best hymns ever written. Um, but you know, going more, more alongside like halfway over into Southern gospel, which I think was probably a lot of the, the traditions that, that, that you grew up with. Uh, there's a, an an old Gaither song called because he lives. Oh yeah. 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 I, I I always really enjoyed as a kid. And I, I I think that I latched onto the, to the message of it when I was first really understanding salvation and and, and all of that. Can you do the lyrics by heart right now on that one? I Uh, think I can. Because he, lives well i mean i i'm i'm right yeah. now i'm just calling up the chorus because yeah. he lives i can face tomorrow because he lives all yeah. fear is gone because i know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives yeah. yeah isn't that incredible it's been years since you've probably been in a service where that song oh has sure sung but yeah. boom it's there it's embedded it'll sneak up on you when you need it most right <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure yeah. And yeah so i think it's safe to say that you and i both value worship music yeah, and we were sure. taught to do so mm-hmm. at a very young age um but i also know that not everybody shares this value and you know i understand part of the reason reason why. I mean, we're all wired differently and we've got different strengths and abilities, musical or otherwise. Um, and we all come from different upbringings. So, so I get it. Um, but part of the heart behind this rundown is to help people who may not be all that into worship. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you don't see what the big deal is. Maybe you don't like singing in public. Uh, if that's you listening today, I want to encourage you that singing worship songs goes so much further than, you know, just sounding pretty. Um, In fact, it's highly beneficial to our physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual health. Mm -hmm. Um, And today I wanted to address each one of those four areas separately in an effort to answer the question, why do we sing worship songs? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. So uh, let's dig in, Michael. Yeah, let's go. So, so number one, physical. Music in and of itself has physical benefits. And Chris, I'm sure I don't have to tell you this, but, but music has actually been scientifically proven to have physical mm. benefits. Mm. You know, current studies confirm that certain types of music can affect cortisol mm-hmm. levels and blood pressure. It can cause an increase in protein levels, which can help to overcome bacterial infections. Um, it can even enhance the effects of anesthetics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, with, without a doubt, this is why music therapy right. is is often utilized by mental health professionals. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we've even interviewed a music therapist right. in an episode from from last season. Uh, I'll be sure we put a, a link to that one in the in the show notes because yeah. I, I, I think it would be a good supplement to, to to what we're talking about today. And I mean, thinking about that, like. You know, I, I know that they, they even use uh, music to, to stimulate 
the the memory in uh, dementia patients and yeah. Alzheimer's yeah. And, and stuff. I mean, that's just it's it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Just it's uh, it it. I think it stretches over into the metaphysical end of things. You know, I mean, it's just you know, and just real quick. I mean, just to, I want to be careful to stay in my lane because I'm not a physician. I'm a psychotherapist. Sure, uh, but I know what I know uh, as far as a person who practices. Christianity in the sense of corporate worship singing. And anecdotally, I know of more than a few physical healings that Mm. have taken place during corporate worship singing. It wasn't a call for having, you know, prayer over an individual or any sort of a, you know, a healing service or anything like that. It's just one of those things where uh, there's a a passage in the Old Testament that that there's a promise there that says the Lord inhabits the praise of his people. Yeah. And, And sometimes, you know, when we're gathered together singing, it's just, it's just like Jesus, the healer is just like walking around in our midst and, and people have been healed. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And I think it's all because this is part of the design of, of music, you know, whether it's a physical thing or a spiritual thing, it's all, it's, it's all coming from, from the maker of heaven and earth and the maker of, you know, music yeah. that, uh, who, by the way, um, I, I, I just, this is coming to mind now. I didn't have this in my, my, my notes, but I mean, Zephaniah three seventeen, the Lord sings over us, yeah. you know, yeah. it, 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 music comes from him because he, he sings over us. Yeah. <laughs> like that's just such a good point. Such a thing to just stop and ponder for yeah. a minute yeah, that, that when, you know, when we're singing worship songs to him, like he's also singing over us. Um, really good, Michael. So moving on, uh, point number two, public worship gatherings address emotional and social needs. In a recent Psychology Journal article, a researcher from Slovakia was studying the psychological benefits of modern worship services. Uh, he surveyed more than a thousand respondents about their participation in corporate worship, mm. and in studying the data, he concluded that the appealing atmosphere and emotionally stimulating music of these con- contemporary worship services had a motivating effect mm-hmm. on the individuals, mm-hmm. uh, producing feelings of happiness and inner healing, deepening their spirituality and personal piety. Yeah. And even inspiring them to make internal ethical commitments. Now, of course, this is clinical scientific language for something that I believe is easily discernible among those who have attended certain worship gatherings. And I think for many Christians, it's putting words to something that they've personally experienced during worship. Um, I mean, I know I can think back to multiple worship nights or events that have had personal significance for me. Uh, You know, one of them stands out in my mind. It was a couple of months before I would graduate seminary and begin my first full-time job in worship ministry. And I just, I remember while participating in this particular worship night, experiencing this inner peace and this sense of confirmation that I was in the right place and on the right path. Uh, Chris, what about you? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I've got a sort of an unusual answer for this. So, so bear with me, but a lot of my friends, uh, you know, growing up who were, who were Christian, uh, were, were much more in a charismatic vein, uh, you know, with worship and expressive worship and things. Uh, Michael, you've been there before, you know, the type of uh, summer camps that we used to put on, you know, and we would spare no expense to bring in great worship leaders teams. And and there was this collective effervescence, you know, that would help, you know, us in a a focus in a very spiritual way. And sometimes 
you know what what uh, what I think is a little confusing for people who who aren't a part of that sort of experience or tradition is is you know it, there's the appearance that in Christianity there there are are, are people who would be classified as worship junkies. <laughs> okay. You know, uh, they, that, that's their high that they, that they chase. Uh, and, and so I, I get that. I understand that uh, to me, uh, I, I'm not exactly in that vein. And so I, I don't honestly know how to discern if God is moving when worshipers are really into a song set. But I will tell you that I've seen the comfort of God and the peace of Christ manifest during very unassuming times of corporate singing in church settings. Like, for, for example, I once stood behind a pastor and his wife in a corporate service uh, who had suffered a tremendous setback in their marriage that had resulted in his removal from ministry. Their marriage was hanging on by a thread. And, and there was there was a song. I, I don't even remember the song, but... The words spoke perfectly to their need. And as the congregation sang, the words washed over them. And it was a moment that God used to turn things around for them. Uh, you know, when my wife and I, when we were younger, uh, as teenagers, uh, we went to the same church and would often show up at the same services and we'd sit together. We were friends. And, uh, one night in a, in a Sunday evening worship service, one of the most beloved men in the congregation like died, like right there in wow. his seat. Yeah. In, okay. fr- in front of us. And, um, and it was, it was, it was a bit of an intense situation, because as as he was as he was slipping away, you know, he's moving across the threshold into heaven, and as different uh, responders in the congregation were were trying to care for him, um, you know, what happened was the the congregation began to just sing softly and sort of serenade the whole moment. Hmm. Uh, there were prayers being offered up out of that that you know corporate singing. Uh, it met the emotional and social needs on so many levels. I will. I will never, I will never forget it. I can go on and on about that, but yeah, those are the things that, that sort of resonate with me. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, uh, going on to the, to the third point, uh, worship lyrics help to enrich our mental state. One of the things that makes worship music particularly powerful is that it, uh, that it's pairing up the physical and emotional benefits of music that we've already discussed with the mental benefits of lyrics that praise God, proclaim his good deeds mm. and pray to him earnestly. Yeah. Um, following the example of the 150 Psalms of the old Testament worship music at its best freely and vividly expresses our deepest concerns and desires to God meditates on his nature and actions and gives devotion and honor to him as Lord of our lives. In fact, our word worship comes from an old Anglo-Saxon mm. word. That's something like, worthship, yeah, yeah. Uh, meaning it's a way of expressing worth and singing these songs is a fantastic way to do that. Um, not only is this a good act of devotion to God, but it simultaneously carries benefits for us. Uh, Romans 12 two exhorts us to be transformed mm. by the renewing of our minds. This renewal comes by meditating on the word of God. And uh, Chris, I believe it was actually you that originally taught me the uh, origins, the, the Hebrew word for, for meditate. Yeah, you know, it's sort of gross, but uh, that that ancient word refer, refers to the way that uh, that a cow chews its cud. Yeah, and uh, there are certain animals, uh, but but thinking of cattle, where they'll eat something, they'll partially digest it, they'll 
belch it back up again <laughs> and they'll, they'll chew it over and over again. And, and to meditate in that, in that ancient language, uh, you know, means to, to ruminate. It means to bring it up, bring an idea up, chew on, uh, the idea, the experience again and again. And, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of interesting, uh, because, um, I think, I think here in our context, you know, uh, the, the use of hymns in, in, in corporate worship settings that were the, the standard for so long, um, you know, you would sing these hymns and people would memorize first, second, and last verse of the hymn. That was what they would do. Mm-hmm. And even though the, the verses were different, there was the, the repetition of those same songs, Yeah, you know, throughout the course of a year. And then when we began to shift with, you know, expressions of worship singing into more contemporary, what we would call choruses. One of the number one complaints I remember, uh, you know, hearing from traditional worshipers was, why are we repeating these same phrases again and again? Mm. And it was just happening in the same song rather than over the, the spread of weeks. But there is this idea of we're going to sing this again. We're going to meditate. We're going to ruminate on it again and again. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm a worship leader. I know people have, people have different thresholds for that. Um, and it's, it's a balance that, you, that you've got to strike. Um, but you know, there's, there's songs that have just the, those choruses that just repeat the same thing over and over again. Right. And, uh, but I think that there's a benefit to it because, you know, we're, we're meditating on, on the truth of, of scripture. I mean, right. uh, you know, a song that I can think of that that's popular these days, is called stand in your love. I mean, the, the chorus of it says my fear doesn't stand a chance mm. when I stand in your love. Yeah. And I mean, it sings it three times and sometimes it repeats the chorus. So you're singing it six times at once. Um, but, but when you're doing that, what you're actually doing is you're meditating mm-hmm. on first John mm-hmm. four 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out yeah. fear. Yeah. And in a sense, it's retraining your brain a little bit at a time. So the more that we participate in worship this way, uh, the more we're renewing our minds and the more we're understanding his will. Yeah. And, and, you know, it all ties together with our psyche, you know, when we're talking about the, the will and our mind and our emotions and, and, you know, Michael, can I add something here? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, from a, from a, from a psych psychological standpoint, uh, you know, the psyche, uh, is also known as the soul and uh, your psyche consists of your mind, your will and emotions. And, and here's the power of not just music, but worship music. When, when our emotions are running high, positive or negative emotions, uh, we benefit from an orchestrated poetic technique to express that emotion. Mm -hmm. Uh, nothing organizes, you know, a way, a pathway for, for really healthy expression of emotion like music and rhyming lyrics and singing in particular worship music with others. Uh, it funnels that emotional energy again, uh, you know, could be very positive feelings or really feelings that we're struggling with in a very helpful way that actually brings our emotion back into sync with our minds and our will. Yeah. You know, and, and let's talk about our minds. Now we're, this is not the brain, the organ, but our minds, our, our unique metaphysical mind. The mind performs best when it's focused. 
sometimes our mind is racing, easily distracted. We, yeah. we can't bring it into focus of being present in a worship service. Uh, sometimes our mind is dull and not engaged. We, mm-hmm. We're sleepy. We, we just, you know, we're, we're, we're sluggish. There's a lot of brain fog going on. Uh, either way, and we're talking a spectrum between these two limits, uh, music, rhyming lyrics, and singing with others enables focus and engaging in worship specifically awakens the mind to God and provides the words to rightly exalt the creator. So our emotions, our minds, finally, uh, let's talk about the human will. And the, the will of a human is really extraordinary, Michael. Um, the animal kingdom runs off of instinct, mm-hmm. but humans were endowed with a free will to choose. Yeah. Exercising our personal will in a way that is truthful produces good feelings and reemphasizes the values and ideas that the mind is pondering or chewing on. Yeah. Meditating. Worship activates the will in a very, very simple way. In freeing way, uh, here's the choice, worship or not to worship. That That's really it. We, we may underthink it or overthink it, but it's really a simple choice. And having a choice is one of the most empowering things about being a human. Choosing to worship, singing songs individually and or together, you know, with in a corporate experience that's dedicated to God is an act of faith, obedience, and a part of our purpose as those created in God's image. It's good. Yeah. Uh, Moving on to the last one, then number four, uh, participating in worship carries uniquely spiritual benefits. Uh, So far, we've talked about things that are a bit more tangible, a bit more quantifiable. Uh, Of course, music can lift our emotional states and paired up with lyrics, it can definitely reinforce good theology. Uh, But sometimes we can forget that worship music carries a distinctly spiritual even supernatural power. Mm. I mean, you see evidence of this in the Old and New Testaments. Uh, consider the story of Second Chronicles 20, where King Jehoshaphat sends singers out ahead of the army. Mm-hmm, and as mm-hmm. they praise God for his unfailing love, yeah. the Spirit of God stirs up the enemies of the Israelites to turn on each other, yeah, yeah. fighting their battle for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that's such a great story. And I'm reminded of the, the shepherd boy, David, who would become... The greatest king of Israel. Yeah. He created music and lyrics that could calm even the most troubled souls. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm I'm even also, you know, thinking about Jesus, you know, on the night that he was betrayed uh, before leaving the the upper room. uh, He sang a worship song with his team before they rolled out to the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Act 16, uh, Paul and Silas, they're thrown in prison. uh, But, you know, instead of turning to despair, they turn to worship. And as they're worshiping the prison doors burst open and their chains yeah. hit the floor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a powerful story. Uh, we need to remember second Corinthians 10 one for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. When we worship, we are wielding spiritual weapons, and these weapons have the power to do things that natural means simply cannot do. Yeah, yeah. As you're talking about that, you know, in my mind, because I get to sit under your leadership, you know, on most Sunday mornings, and, uh, you know, the worship leading that takes place with uh, under the direction of, of you and, and your wife, Melissa, to me, it's like it goes a step further with sanctifying the space of the sanctuary. Mm. 
like as, as God's people lift their voices in praise and worship and they're declaring that truth, uh, I think it makes it very difficult uh, for uh, spiritual forces of darkness uh, to uh, to be able to hang with us in that space, <laughs> you know, it's sort of like they're propelled, you know, away from that. And that again, it 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 again, it helps to to focus the the soul. I, I really appreciate you know your skill set in that, Michael. Mm. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, so that that's the uh, that's the last one. Spiritual benefits, and I think it all, it ties it all together because uh, as we've said before, it's all. Uh, it's all different aspects of our being um, that that God is sovereign over. He created our our psyche, um, our our mind, our body, uh, our emotions, and uh, you know it's it's all tied together by Him, and it's all tied together by the God that sings over us. Um, Chris, do you have any final thoughts uh, to, to to kind of bring it home for us here on on today's episode? Yeah, I, I do, Michael. And I, and I, want, I would ask our listeners just to, to bear with me for a minute here because I, I feel compelled uh, to challenge uh, what I think is going to be largely, uh, you know, men um, in, a, in a very non-judgmental way. But I, but I do want to, uh, I want to, I want to just speak to men who, who maybe, uh, you know, have some reluctance to engage in singing in, you know, in, in public. Um, you know, I, I grew up. I grew up in a home where there was singing all the time. There was music all the time. We, you know, there were seven of us that would pile into a full size van, and uh, my family. You know, we sang together as uh, you know, as a we would roll in uh, and and sing at numerous churches throughout our region. So, so I get it. Um, for some people, music is a is much more familiar than others. But uh, I'm sometimes really taken aback by. Uh, by how hard it is for for men sometimes to even step foot into a sanctuary, uh, you know, while the worship singing is still taking place, they'll mm-hmm. they'll hang outside, they'll they'll hang in the foyer, yeah. you know, uh, and then and then they feel more comfortable to come in, and 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 uh, and sometimes it's I, I I feel like it's it's sort of that same vibe at a middle school dance, uh, you know, where you got middle school boys for the first time and they really want to participate, but they don't, they just can't bring themselves to, to get out there because what if someone's watching, you know? And I think that, I think some men go through that same struggle. You know, what if, what if people are watching me? What if I sing in the wrong place? What if I don't know the song? What if I sing off, off key? And I just want to challenge, uh, you know, listeners in particular, men who who may struggle with this, uh, you know, um, the idea if it's if it bothers you, you know, that that somebody may hear you. Uh, I would first of all say, well, well, it's true. Somebody is listening and it's your creator uh, singing to the Lord or praising the Lord through music and singing together is one of the most repeated commands Mm-hmm. commands in the Bible. Hmm. It ranks right up there when the Bible tells us repeatedly how we are to love others or to fear God. It is not a suggestion. It's not something that we can sort of shift with our preferences, but I think, I think we need to know that the expectation of God is that we would walk in obedience 
we come out of our comfort zone and we would sing to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, I would just say, hey, it's it's not an invitation to do karaoke. There, there's, no, <laughs> yeah. there's no need to be nervous here uh, because somehow collectively when we sing together, it all comes together on key. I don't know how that happens. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can speak as, as a worship leader. I, I'm just going to say on the record, um, I love hearing off key singing from the congregation. I actually do. It's something I had to come around to, but like if I hear just that loud, confident off key singing, I know that somebody is just worshiping with their whole heart yeah, and they yeah. don't care who knows it. Yeah. Like I, I enjoy hearing it. So yeah. sing out. Come on. Yeah. It's a You're joy- not going to bother me. It's a joyful noise, you know, to the mm-hmm. Lord. Uh, and I, and, you know, just a couple of thoughts in that vein, you know, <laughs> I, I do hear, you know, I don't like to sing. Music doesn't do it for me. And so there are blank stares on any Sunday morning <laughs> guys standing around with their arms crossed, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But these same people will join in on Take Me Home Country Roads <laughs> at the end of a WVU victory or yeah. they'll chime in on the Star Spangled Banner or whatever. Q Country Roads. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and and so I just want to I want to encourage if that's you, you know, again, Come out of your comfort zone with this, yeah. and 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 here's here's the thing. Yeah, maybe there are more extroverted, expressive people where you worship, and extroverts can unknowingly make more reserved worshipers feel uncomfortable. Yeah, I, I get it, um, and so I can appreciate the reluctance of a more reserved person to to engage. You know, and and you may be standing there thinking, what if I increase my volume, or what if I raise my hand like I really want to in agreement with this song. Am I going to make people around me feel uncomfortable? Is this going to be so unusual behavior that I'll be distracting? The fact that you're self-aware means you're self-aware. <laughs> so, so again, I just, you know, baby step yourself into a space where the benefits that, that Michael, you're talking about today, you will really be able to, to experience this. Um, and I, and I just, you know, I'm going to let it go at that. And I hope that doesn't sound, sound too critical, but I, I, I think for the men who, who listen to our podcast, I, I really want to challenge them in that way. So, okay. Uh, stepping off my soapbox. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so Michael, this has been a super helpful discussion today. Uh, you've, you've underscored this perfectly. I want to say it again. One size, one genre does not fit all when it comes to corporate worship or individual worship. But music which lifts the soul off of self and focuses on the majesty and the love of God is the basic criteria that I hear you suggesting. Yeah. There's a wide variety of Christian music out there today. Uh, But just for clarification, we're specifically talking about worship music that facilitates the soul's focus and the melodic confession of truth. And next, uh, you know, we want to do our part to facilitate personal worship and to help our listeners uh, who are maybe unfamiliar with a, a local in-person worship. Um, we want to give you the opportunity to practice personal worship that relates to the hope that we offer here on the Resolutions podcast. So, Michael, tell us again about the episode playlists oh, that yeah. you're generating. Of course. Uh, you know, I've, I've been doing this this season, just something new to, to try out. Um, because, you know, really, I mean, obviously, I'm a worship leader. It's my heart to, to help people to connect with God and just, I mean, I love making 
playlists and yeah. mixtapes and stuff. Yeah. I just like sharing music yeah. that I love. Um, but, you know, particularly in the realm of worship music, just because it's something that I think can, you know, obviously, based off of this whole episode, I think can be really beneficial for people. Um, so I've been making these playlists that just plays off of the, uh, just the, the, the themes of the, the particular episode that we've put together. So helpful. And uh, just tracking along with that with some worship songs. Um, so the, there, there's a link to that in the, in the show notes and the show description um, the, the, of the episode the file that you've downloaded today. Um, you know, and, and even go back and, and listen to some of the ones from, from previous episodes. But mm-hmm. there, there's a link in the show notes for each one. Uh, it takes you to a Spotify playlist. And we've also included the, uh, the song titles for, for anybody that doesn't use Spotify. Just, uh, we, you know, we want to, we want to bless you with these just to, to help your, uh, your devotional time. Yeah, so there you go. That's that's today's resolutions rundown. Uh, we hope that today's episode proves to be helpful and carries you into deeper mental, emotional wellness. Yeah, and as always, you know, just help us to reach more people. Uh, give us a good review, a five star review on on, on iTunes, uh, or I guess it's called Apple Podcasts now, uh, on Apple Podcasts, and uh, subscribe to our show. You get the episodes as soon as they drop, and tell your friends. Uh, if today's episode was helpful for you or any other episode that we've done, just share it with your friends because we want as many people as possible to be blessed by these episodes that we're putting together. We're here to help. Yeah. So uh, until next time, I'm Michael Gum, And I'm Chris Campbell. And we'll meet up with you again at our next episode drop. Drop.